Welcome back to the Let's Call It Nothing podcast, where we discuss all things fangirl. That was weak. <laughs> okay, do you want to go over it again? No, no, no. We are moving on. We okay. accept our flaws and we move on. We're okay. going to talk about that later. We in don't the improve. <laughs> We're not recording that conversation. Um, but we are back with more a court of wings and wings ruin. and ruin. <laughs> I had to explain the title. Like, I do say it several times to my dad yesterday. He just wasn't getting it. I was like, it is a court. There is both wings and some ruin about fairies. Mm -hmm. It's a third book in a series. There you go. That's all you need to know. Yeah. Don't read it. Mm -hmm. But anyway, yes, we are back. Uh, We just got into it in the last episode. What happened then? Farrah was in the spring court. She was... Sabotage. Sabotaging everything. Uh, she saved Lucian from getting sexually abused by Ianthe. Mm-hmm. Again. Again. Made Trigger Ianthe. warning, by the way. We probably need to add those. Yeah, we'll put those somewhere. Um, <laughs> we're really bad at remembering to add trigger warnings. Well, it's, it's not as graphic mm-hmm. as some other stuff we have yeah. discussed in previous books. Mm-hmm. So... That's just, but yeah, I'll yeah. add them. Not graphic at all. Farah preaches into Ianthe's mind and makes her take a rock and pummel her own hand with it. Rightfully so. And tells her, you know, you're not allowed to fix it if you do, or you're not allowed to fix it. And also, anytime you look at it, you're going to remember, oh, I'm not going to touch anybody without their consent. Yep. And then the the Hybern Royals we had in town... Uh-huh. Um, just causing their shenanigans. Mm-hmm. And Vera was trying to pretend and trying to get a hold of their plans. She knows their plan now. Mm-hmm. So she is like ready to Believe. run. Um, but Brana has caught up. And of course, Bubba is with her in tow, <laughs> I'm sure. Dagden. <laughs> Bubba. Bubba. And uh, Brana came across this scene with Lucian and Ianthe and Vera. And witnessed Farah doing her little mind Jedi tricks to mm-hmm. Ianthe and was like, we got a Daimati mm-hmm. in these parts, don't we? Well, she knew that. She was telling Lucian what he was, because he was like, what is, you know, how is Farah doing this? And But it's like the first reveal of like, Farah, we know what you're up to. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the big kahuna that we're getting to. We're on chapter 10. Yes. This is happening right after we are still in the scene. Brana ran her fingers through Ianthe's hair and asked Feyre if she had somewhere to be. Feyre finally let the mask she had been using since she arrived at the spring court drop. She told the Highburn twins that she had places to be. Brana asked what would be more important than serving them. Feyre realized that they were just biding time until Tamlin and Jurian came back. Jurian, the human who got involved, who was in Ianthe's ring. We know him. Mm-hmm. Just a little reminder. Wait. And Amarantha's ring. What yeah. did I say? Ianthe's. Amarantha's. They all got weird ass names. Yeah. Amarantha's ring. Uh, she told Brianna that she had no allegiance to them or Hybern. Brianna asked why she hadn't considered that they were plotting all while she was. Feyre and Lucian both realized the twins were not going to let Lucian leave with his mind intact. Feyre said that they could have the spring court. It was going to fall either way. Lucian snarled at her, but she ignored him. Brana said they planned on taking the spring court all while getting rid of her in the process. So that's kind of like her realization of like mm-hmm. their plan has been a lot bigger yeah. than she even knew. I mean, like you got to think about it. They knew that she was Daimati. 
at the beginning because she was, you know, yeah. fighting back on it. So they knew she had extra powers. And I'm sure they could have guessed that she got powers from all the High Lords. Mm-hmm. So they knew she was way too powerful to be yeah. left alive. And I mean, it's so obvious, like... As far as the putting up the shield thing in your mind, I'm like, obviously, whenever they try to reach into her mind and they find nothing and they know this girl isn't just stupid. I mean, they realize like quickly she is Mm -hmm. up to something. And she like fights back mentally. Mm -hmm. So they know that. that, Yeah. yeah. Farrah started to slowly take out the two Illyrian knives, hoping that it was undetected. Brana inquired about her headaches that she'd been getting. Y'all remember? She kept Mm -hmm. on complaining about headaches all throughout the last couple chapters. Yeah. They had been drugging her for weeks now with the help of Ianthe, of course, going so far as giving her an extra dose in the apple that she ate an hour ago. And this is where the Snow White retelling comes in. (laughs) Oh, the apple. Poisoned apple. There's other stuff. I'll point it out as we go. Evidently, the seven dwarves are in there, too. Seven high lords. <laughs> uh, they had also dosed the entire camp with Feybane today. Eric considered her escape, but she would end up leaving Lucian in their hands. He told her to go. She made her decision then. Feyre exploded into smoke and darkness. She started with Dagden. Bubba. Bubba. He kept up with her pace. He seemed to be pulling his punches in order to simply wear her down and bide time. Uh, Before you get any further, I forgot to mention, we kind of alluded to it, but we never fully said it. Farah and the others suspect that the twins are incestuous. And yeah, definitely. I I didn't know that that was like heavily implied. Yeah. It's mentioned. She mentions it somewhere like God knows what they're doing in that tent or something. I remember that. Okay. Well, Game of Thrones action. Yeah. (laughs) So that's another reason I've been sitting here calling him Bubba. Oh, (laughs) For a few reasons. Sweet home Alabama. <laughs> I don't need to make that joke, but yes. <laughs> uh, so, she, Vera, kicked Dagdon in the crotch and then gutted him. Next, she shot flames towards Brana. Brana rushed towards her, but Lucian stopped her and beheaded her. Yep. Gone with that one. Dagdon went to attack Lucian. Before he could, Vera winnowed between them, using one knife to block his sword and the other to stab him in the eye. Mm-hmm. SJM loves taking out eyeballs. Yeah, I just wanted to remind you that they were incestuous right before um, she kills them. So you're welcome. <laughs> they returned to Ianthe, doing her Jedi mind tricks on her. Ianthe would tell the others that Feyre killed the royals in self-defense, while Ianthe and Tamlin sat by doing nothing all this time. Feyre killed the twins to save the spring court from their horrors. Lucian knew Feyre planned on going back to the night court. Feyre simply replied, yes. Lucian insisted he was going with her. When she said no, he claimed he would do anything to get his mate back. (laughs) He's just like, I ain't staying here. I need to go see Elaine. Mm -hmm. She misses me. Like, I need to go. I'm going with you. I have to see her just one time. I have to see her. I gotta know if this is true love. She loves me back. After everything, she didn't feel like arguing. So off they went. She told him not to make her regret this. Vera has thrown up those walls everyone's enemy they couldn't winnow though due to the feybane in their systems farah hoped that they could once it faded but until then they would have to travel on foot they walked to the doors that led to the other courts close to under the mountain like go in a cave or something like yeah he's just like they're doors blah 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 yeah this like they here. all are this here i picture them being like there's one here going to under the mountain there's one like 
Are they labeled? Next to it. I don't think so. You open it and you just like see a glimpse of like darkness and you hear like the remnants of screams and you're like, that one's under the mountain. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. When Feyre said that they were going to the autumn court, Lucian told her that they would kill them. But the summer court was out because of the blood rubies still on Feyre's head. Lucian told her that he knew a place they could go. Feyre told him... He should just stay in the spring court if he wanted to. What's done is done. Lucian said she was right before. The girl he knew did die under the mountain. Vera told him at least they could agree on that. Because yeah. you remember back in Mist and Fury, mm-hmm. he's talking to her and she's like, no, that girl under the mountain died. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, you're still you. You're still there. You're still you. Lucian just like having to realize like Farah has changed yeah and she's not like this human girl that first arrived to the mm-hmm. spring court so long ago yeah like she's completely different and him just kind of being like okay we, we gotta deal with that now she's actually kind of cool but i'm not gonna tell her that next is part two which is Farah's other title curse breaker breaker she doesn't have as many titles as another character in an sjm book yeah she doesn't but that girl has 20 <laughs> 20 last names too but this one, like, these are all the titles from... I never looked at Mist and Fury to see, like, the, the parts of the books. I thought it was just the places they went to. But this one's all of Farrah's titles, which I like. All right. Chapter 11. It was very cold in the autumn court. Farrah could no longer fill the bond with Reese to communicate what had happened at the spring court or, or her circumstances now. She wondered if Reese was debating whether to blow the whole cover to find her. She decided to keep going north until she can winnow or call for him. Lucian took her to some cave thingy he used to use while hunting when he lived in the autumn court. So he's just like, oh, this is still here. Yeah. Oh, this cave hasn't moved? That's good. (laughs) (laughs) And the hundreds of years since I've been here? Oh, cool. Farrah unwrapped her sleeping bag. Lucian noticed her plethora of supplies, stating she, she always planned on leaving on this journey she replied yes lucian <laughs> was upset and asked if that was all she had to say Farah just asked if he thought all of the food was poisoned with Bane. i just love how he just like makes these statements yeah and she's like yeah you're right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and whenever he, he asks questions she's like Anyway, what about this other thing that we need to discuss? All right. This is from the book. Lucian was having none of it. I knew. I knew you were lying the moment you unleashed that light in Highburn. My friend at Dawn Court has the same power. Her light is identical. And it does not do whatever horse you lied about it doing. I shoved my pack of my bedroll. Then why not tell him? You were his faithful dog in other sense. In every other sense. His eyes seemed to simmer. As if being his own in his own land set that molten ore inside him rising to the surface, even with the damper on his power. Glad to see the mask is off, at least. Indeed, I let him see it all. Didn't alter or shape my face into anything but coldness. Lucian snorted. I didn't tell him for two reasons. One, it felt like kicking a male already down. I couldn't take that hope away from him. Of course you couldn't. Because, you know, everybody feels sad for the little bitch named Tamlin. That's the title, by the way. <laughs> Everyone feels sad for the little bitch named Tamlin. That's really long. But it's great. It's like a Lana Del Rey song title. Two, he snapped. I knew if I was correct and called you on it, you'd find a way to make sure I never saw her. My nails dug into my palms hard enough to hurt, but I remained seated on the bedroll as I bared my teeth at him. And that's why you're here. Not because it's right. 
he's always been wrong. But just so you can get what you think it, you're owed, she is my mate and in my enemy's hands. I made no secret from the start that Elaine is safe and cared for. And I'm supposed to believe you? Yes, I hissed. You are. If I believe for one moment that my sisters were in danger, no high lord or king would have kept me from going to save them. He just shook his head, the candlelight dancing over his hair. You have the gall to question my priorities regarding Elaine. Yet what was your motive where I was concerned? Did you plan to spare me from from your path of destruction because of any genuine friendship or simply for fear of what it might do to her? I didn't answer. I just love when they duke it out. You know, it's very sibling. Yes, it is. Like, you did this messed up thing. You hurt my feelings in the process. Don't you think that it's... We've always said that they had such a sibling energy. Is it because, they're you know, he's mates with her sister? No, I think they just do. Well, who else (laughs) she has sibling energy with? And that's all I'll say. (sighs) Yeah, but I... Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Lucian asked what her grand plan had been before Ianthe got in the way. Farrah only insisted he would have made it out fine. (laughs) Lucian asked, what about Tamlin? And if she planned on disemboweling him. Farrah told him that she did debate it, but they had to face a war against Tyburn and it wouldn't have garnered many allies. Before Lucian could respond, Farrah told him she was tired and the cave echoed. So it would be best to continue this argument when they were not in a dangerous area. They settled into bed and Lucian said, My father will hunt you for taking his powers if he finds out and kill you for learning how to wield it. Farrah told him he can get in line. I just I think I mentioned this in a later on chapter, probably in the next episode, just like them talking about talking about like, oh, Baron's going to be after you. He's going to want to murder you. And I'm like, it's just funny because if we think about like her becoming a fae in Akotar, like mm-hmm. he was the first, the first one, one who stepped it. up and he just had no idea what that was going to mean. But that's the thing. And that's what I've been saying all along is that in Akotar, Reese made him go first, like because he went through his mind first because he knew he would put up more resistance than anybody. That's why I think Baron went first. And I, you cannot you cannot tell me any different. <laughs> I'm even, right. You're wrong. Even Shut if Sarah Mass was like, no, actually, he had a moment. And I'm like, no, ma'am. Not the way you wrote these characters, not. Mm-mm. Remember this one thing you said this one time? <laughs> the underlying tones, do you remember? <laughs> Baron was the first to give him her power, but I'm I'm sticking to my guns but like, and saying it's Reese. Does Reece he that know that, that Reese did that though? Like in your mind, does he know? Because people would be like, "Well, Baron, you did step up first. and he's like, "But, but yeah. it was a moment of weakness. I don't know. Something came over me. I think so. <laughs> I don't think he knows, but yeah. Ruby's like, "Yeah, I d- I did that. Mm-hmm. I did it because." Hamlin saved us. Not because Farrah did, because nobody ever gives Farrah credit. He's like, ugh, women. Women. Ugh. That's actually barren for you. That, uh, yeah, that's SJM's, like, if you were not a feminist, you are the bad guy. (laughs) Yeah. They woke up the next morning groggy after neither getting sleep and still with no powers. Lucian inquired about the game plan. Farrah explained that they would head north until they could winnow. Lucian told her that was directly where his father's land sat. But Farrah insisted she didn't care. They would just have to remain hidden or not be caught. As they walked through the woods, Farrah noted the land's beauty. Also, (laughs) this is the part. So I put a note 
And it says, I want us to play a game where we find different words for Sarah J. Mast to describe the sunlight instead of using buttery in every book because... The buttery sunlight. Buttery sunlight. The buttery afternoon sunlight. Do you know how many times I've seen that? Maybe she's like eating toast. She really really likes to describe it as buttery. And you said it's in the Throne of Glass series too. And I was like, really? Because I was like, well, maybe it's just because there is a painter and she's because like i think what bothers me is the first time i read it i was like huh that's clever <laughs> pantone color of the year buttery sunlight buttery sunlight <laughs> yellow and then i was like yeah i like that description and then she keeps using it but i think it's a very like subconscious decision yeah it like, definitely is and even like reading through editing no editor not even her is like okay sarah we've used this 14 times in the last 100 pages like yeah. It's just something you scan over. Yeah, it definitely is. And I mean, it's not even that bad to where it's yeah. 14 times. Like, it's at least, it's maybe one or two times in each book. But it's something that you saw once and you were like, oh, this is good. And then you kept on saying, it's like me and whiskey colored eyes. eyes. Yeah. Now, every time I see that in any book I read, I take a picture of it because I'm like, this is ridiculous. Come Base. up with something else. Yeah. We're going to have to add this to the Instagram notes. When you get on our Instagram on this on this particular post, we're going to ask the question, what's something that, you know, what's one description in books that gets you every time that bothers you? Because like mine's buttery sunlight. Caitlin's is whiskey colored eyes. Reba could care less. I don't have one anyway. So this is anytime a couple is like, you know, some the equivalent of like, hey, babe, like. Something like that where you're like, or like a girl being like, me, oh, poor me. My heart is fluttering. What was, there was one in Fifty Shades of Grey within like the first 10 pages she mentioned. Oh, it was like my inner. Inner goddess. My inner goddess. That was annoying (laughs) as hell too, yeah. They hiked north for five days, barely saying a word to each other. Lucian told her that they should be careful as they neared farmlands, claiming workers weren't paid very well and would go do anything for extra coin. Farrah asked if that included riding out a High Lord's son. Lucian told her especially that. He explained that as the seventh son, he was neither useful nor needed. So, he spent most of his time trying to better himself. Also, did you know the seventh son is lucky? Like, there's a thing, like, and you're, like, extra blessed or something if you're the seventh son of the seventh son. I thought bad things were supposed to happen. But... Here's the awkward thing. Lucian is not the seventh son. No, he's not. <laughs> We're getting there. Don't spoil it. Wait, is that not in Aquamath? Uh-uh. It's at the meeting. No, but they know. Vera knows. Did you know? Do you know what we're talking about? Because it's in the meeting. No, I swear we read about it. No, we didn't. Yes. No, we did not. Yeah. No, we did not. I Me swear. and you discussed it. But I we did swear. not. If she doesn't know what we're talking about. We're also being completely vague right now. No, we're not. Yes, we are. <laughs> Lucian's lineage. Does that mean anything to you? Why is it so vivid? I don't remember things like this. Because we discussed it. Because you didn't read it. Because you never remember what you read. But you remember what we talk about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, checks out, doesn't it? <laughs> She's glaring at me, so that's because my cue to get I swear it was disguised. Yeah, me and you. No, I swear in the book, in Aquamath, 
Something was disguised. I'm gonna look it up. The only thing discussed was Eris and Baron and their connection with Lucian. Anyway, make a note. Make a note. See what happens. (laughs) Are you threatening me in my own home? (laughs) Yeah, she kind of (laughs) is. Not a physical threat. I mean, if I'm not right, cool. I don't care. (laughs) But in my head, I swear something is mentioned. Not like the whole truth, but like a partial truth. That may be, but we didn't like point it out or anything. I feel like I would have said something. And when would they have had... Never mind. We ain't going to get into this right now. (laughs) Also, I like I do get things confused book to book. Uh That's just natural. Yeah. So that could be part of it. But I just reread the second one. Why would I be confused again? Again. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I'm just telling you, they... Farah specifically finds out at the meeting. What meeting and what are we talking about? You'll find out. Okay. Look it up. Seventh son of the seventh son, by the way. I thought that was a good thing, but it might be a bad thing. I thought it was a good thing. Anyway, Farrah. Lucian told her especially that. He explained that as the seventh son, he was neither useful nor needed. So he spent most of his time trying to better himself. Farrah said, that sounds more like a high lord than an unwanted son. Are you okay? Are you right? Okay. <laughs> it's so vivid in my head, though, where I'm like, "This definitely happened." <laughs> y'all missed the y'all missed the great quiet whisper. <laughs> oh, and Jay, <laughs> spell over just now. <laughs> you will ever wonder how how we argue? Not that y'all are shocked by this, but this is every time. Every time. It's usually like, no, I'm right. No, I'm right. I'm going to look it up. And then, you're right. <laughs> Whoever looks it up is always wrong. <laughs> How? Why is that? Because you're so like, because we don't want to brag and be like, look, see. Because it's like, you're so dead set on being it's right. Like you the know person it. who ends up being wrong <laughs> has that doubt in their mind where they're like, <laughs> I'm going to need to look. And we can't just be people who are like, I'm not going to look it up because I know I'm right. And I have a fear of being wrong. So. Yeah. <laughs> no. You, that's why you look up stuff is so that because you have that little seed of doubt. Mine is, <laughs> no, I'm going to prove I'm right. And then I'm never right. <laughs> I'm never proven anything except that I don't remember. <laughs> anyway, back to the story. I have no idea what's happening right now. <laughs> I'm going to back it up just a little bit. Uh, before you do, the seventh son of the seventh son, depending on the origin, can be a blessing or a curse. Okay. That's See? so dumb. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's a ranking of high importance. So, anyway, Fair points out that Lucian at What? <laughs> Whatever you just said, I was like, and I looked at Reva and I was like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> just means that it's important he's important it's either you're gonna be really great in life kid or you're gonna be really bad at life either way greatness of some form bad or good coming for you seven wonder how jesus felt (laughs) in what way be like everyone's just like waiting for me to do something wonderful (laughs) i'm the literal son of god there are so many expectations Apparently he's been doing it since he was like newborn, so I think he got used to it. Like he just normally was doing great things. Newborn, two years old. There's a lot of like stories in the Bible that the they've left like, out. Hey, Jesus, what's up? Can you heal me from leprosy? Can you? And he's, and he's like, like, sure. 
Sure. Here you go. We were talking about that in Bible study the other, like the blind man. Mm -hmm. He's like, here, let me put some clay on your eyes and go wash it out in the river. And then Jesus left and they were like, tell us where he is. Cause you know, they were trying to kill him. And he's like, I didn't see him. (laughs) (laughs) I've never seen that man before, (laughs) but he really hadn't cause he was blind. (laughs) I love whenever the Bible makes you laugh. great oh no it's a great book of comedic timing like (laughs) (laughs) that's what kills me is that like you know you see all these like movies of like jesus and he's you know so calm and so pious and so which he is but also if you go back and read like what he says Mm -hmm. he is the snarkiest person (laughs) and i love it like you have to be everyone's coming up being like can you heal me or no they're like doubting you they're doing wrong and he's like no 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 you're acting up and we need to fix it but i am the chosen one (laughs) yes harry potter yes you know i love people who call out other people so I love Jesus, but I'm sorry I got on that tangent. I don't remember exactly where it came from. <laughs> the seventh son, the seventh son, the and seventh I, son. it either being good or bad. And I'm like, well, they knew Jesus was going to be good. What the expectations on that? But they didn't believe he was the son of God. Some of them didn't. So they just thought he was a nuisance to society. They're like, that man did great things for y'all. Darn that person <laughs> healing everybody and, you know, feeding them and doing this and that. And He's at it again, saving everyone. <laughs> anyway, back <laughs> on our religious tangent. <laughs> I wouldn't call that a religious tangent. I was just like, Jesus' childhood must have been like, well, he was already doing great things. Mm-hmm. No, I've always thought, imagine being Jesus's sibling. Because he had siblings. Mm-hmm. Do you know? How would that feel? <laughs> Because obviously your mom and dad are going to, you know, favor him over you. <laughs> How could I you? I feel like that would just been like, hey, you left your shoes on the on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like you didn't pick this up. And he's like, okay, like, just no, treat him normal. <laughs> no, I meant like, you're the sibling <laughs> of Jesus. And it's like, yeah, mom and dad watch him more. They care about what he's doing more than me. Like, you know, because siblings are always jealous. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe... It was a great and happy childhood for all the siblings, but I don't know. I question it a little bit. I think they were kind of just like, yeah, that's my brother. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe. <laughs> I feel- in the next episode. <laughs> what is Jesus doing now? <laughs> we're just going to record from heaven. He's like, y'all can't be talking about these books. And <laughs> back to this very strange tangent we went down. <laughs> Bear pointed out that Lucian acted more like a High Lord's son than an un- unwanted son. Lucian pointed out that this was the reason that his brothers absolutely hated him. Farrah asked him if he ever wanted the crown. Lucian tells her no one's asked him this before. It would be too much of a hassle just to get a no good backstab in court. I think that's one of my peeves when it comes to books is them always being like, no one's ever asked me that question before. And it's such an obvious question. Like, why has no one ever asked this question before? You know, it's funny because that steps around. (sighs) And, you know, it's so funny because that happens like three times in the next in this I mean it's just for convenience as the reader like well no maybe not this particular book is so bad about it but other ones are yeah it's like the romance ones is that what you're talking about like the well not even no one's ever cared so much about yeah that kind of thing yeah whereas this one it's like you know nobody's ever asked me if I wanted it because it was so 
out of reach. Yeah. I feel like this is such a like a fair thing to do, though. Like yeah. such a fair question. Be like, because I don't. That's all fair. Perfect high lord. Have you ever thought about that? Yeah. Farah is all the time just asking questions mm-hmm. just to see what people say. It's, it's a quality that I actually really love about her. Yeah, but it's funny. So where were you during Under the Mountain? <laughs> I didn't see you there. What do you do? Like, I talked to you twice. <laughs> Rude. We ate dinner together. <laughs> I'm sorry. We asked about my family. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Reese poisoned me at that time, so I didn't remember. Yeah, Reese. <laughs> Why ain't we brought that up yet? <laughs> anyway, back to the fair snickered, recalling the fox mask, then asked why the farmers hated him so much. Lucian explained his deceased lover, Jasminda. Jas- Jasminda? <laughs> I ain't got nothing for you there. Jessica? <laughs> Jessica? <laughs> I'll take Jessica over that. That's a that's an awful name. Jasminda. Jasminda. It's all right. She's dead. Yeah. <laughs> It's okay. She does not come back. Oh, <laughs> That's what the next book's about. Ah! Ghosts. He couldn't protect her, and everyone took it as a betrayal. But even so, he couldn't blame them for it. They hiked over the mountains. It was a bitter trek. Lucian asked Farah how she was, wasn't was panting as he could barely catch his breath <laughs> up the mountain. Farrah sim- simply told him she trained. Lucian said he noticed when she kept on fighting Bubba. <laughs> Hayden goes through and marks out Dagden through all of her notes and changes it to Bubba. Notice how I didn't spell it right either because I could not give a f*** class. Dragden? I, I remember seeing that and I was going to change it, but I guess I forgot. Dragden. Dragden. I prefer that over the I other one. Too. That's what I kept typing was Dragden and I was like, well, there's a, a dragon. Yeah. So that might be why. But no, I, I remember Dragon, but I was like, I, I don't know. I hate Dragon. That is the literal worst name. Farrah told Lucian that it was just the element of surprise that gave her the upper hand. Lucian insisted it was all her, which made Farrah like super proud. Like mm-hmm. she was like, oh. Farrah fell asleep by the fire that night. She felt her powers flicker as she wandered into Lucian's mind. Farrah awoke to find a hand over her mouth and a cold male voice saying, look who we found. Two of Lucian's brothers appeared. Chapter 12. Lucian attempted to explain to his brothers that he and Pharaoh were on an important errand. One of his brothers said there's a rumor going around that Lucian and Pharaoh ran away together. I love the fact that they're the couple now. They don't even bother addressing it because it's like... (laughs) It's one of those things you're just like, whatever, like... They're going to believe what they're going to believe. And it's like when she becomes high lady, they're going to be like, man, she really gets around. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that. With a knife to her throat, Farah demanded the brother, brother holding her to release her. The brother told Farah that their father wished to see her. Lucian called out his brother's name, Eris. Farah realized this was the same asshole who had left Moore to bleed out on the border all those years ago. Moore's former fiance. Farah fought them all off and used her firepowers to hold them back. Lucian and Farah made a run up the frigid mountain. When they were close to freezing to death, they found a cave and made a fire. Farah kept shouting down the Bontarese, even though she knew it was likely pointless. Quoted from the book, Tell me about her. About Elaine, Lucian said quietly, as if the death that squatted in the dark beside us had drawn his thoughts to his own mate as well. I debated not saying anything, shaken too hard to dredge up speech, but... She loves her garden, always loved growing things. Even when we were destitute, she managed to tend a little garden in the warmer months, and when when our for- fortune returned, she took to tending and planting the most beautiful gardens you'd ever seen, even in Prithian. It drove the servants mad because they were supposed to do the work, and ladies were only meant to clip a rose here and there. 
Belaine would put on a hat and gloves and kneel in the dirt, weeding. She acted like a purebred lady in every regard but that. Lucian was silent for a moment. Acted, he murmured. You talk about her as if she's dead. I don't know what changes the cauldron wrought on her. I don't think going home is an option, no matter how she might yearn to. Surely Prithian is a better alternative, war or no. I stilled myself before saying, She's engaged, Lucian. I felt every inch of him go stiff beside me. To whom? Flat, cold words with the threat of violence simmering beneath. To a human lord's son. The lord hates fairies, has dedicated his life and wealth to hunting them. Us. I was told that though it's a love match, her betrothed father was keen to have access to her considerable dowry to continue his crusade against fairy kind. Elaine loves this lord's son. Not quite a question. She says she does. Nesta... Nesta thought the father and his obsession with killing fairies was bad enough to raise some alarms. She never voiced the concern to Elaine. Neither did I. My mate is engaged to a hue and male. He spoke more to himself than to me. I'm sorry if... I want to see her. Just once. Just to know. To know what? He hitched my damp cloak higher around us. If she is worth fighting for. I couldn't bring myself to say she was, to give him that sort of hope, when Elaine might very well do everything in her power to hold to her engagement, even if immortality had already rendered it impossible. Lucian leaned his head back against the rock wall behind us, and then I'll ask your mate how he survived it, knowing you were engaged to someone else, sharing another male's bed. I tucked my freezing hands under my arms, gazing toward the gloom ahead. Tell me when you knew, he demanded, his knee pressing into mine, that Reeson was your mate. Tell me when you stopped loving Tamlin and started loving him instead. I chose not to answer. Was it going on before you even left? I whipped my head to him, even if I could barely make out his features in the dark. I never touched Reeson like that until months later. You kissed under the mountain. I had as little choice in that as I did in the dancing. And yet, this is the male you now love. He didn't know. He had no inkling of the personal history, the secrets that had opened my heart to the High Lord of the Night Court. They were not my stories to tell. One would think, Lucian, that you'd be glad I fell in love with my mate, given that you're in the same situation Reese was in six months ago. You left us. Us. Not Tamlin. Us. The words echoed into the dark toward the howling wind and lashing snow beyond the bend. I told you that day in the woods, you abandoned me long before I ever physically left. There's a lot. There's a lot. Um, But is she worth fighting for? I found so interesting. Because at first you're just like, how dare you? But also you're like, he doesn't know her. Yeah, he doesn't know her. And he's like putting so much on like he is going to the night court with Feyre, mm-hmm. his enemy's lands. Which for is supposed her. to be like the most awful place yeah. to be. And he doesn't know any better. So I was watching a Instagram reel about Akatar and I saw a discussion come up about is Lucian, does Lucian deserve a lane? And it all depends on how much you... Um, how much the heavy involvement is with her abduction and turning into. I didn't think Kim and Tamlin knew about it. They didn't. So how is... But they think... But some people are like, no, he was involved. He deserves to suffer for that. Like, I don't know. Like, some people were like... Lucian's biggest downfall fall has always been going along with Tamlin. Yes, it has. And while he claims that he has tried to talk Tamlin down... Mm-hmm. Which I'm he like, does. but like never enough. He's never done anything after to like actually like he could have talked to others and been like, these are all the horrible things that are happening mm-hmm. because of our high lord. Like he could have done so much. Feyre did it. Feyre got it done. Yeah. 
But also, there's a fealty to Tamlin not to take up for Lucian more than he deserves. But Tamlin did save him after he lost his mm-hmm. eye to Amarantha. Yeah. He was not a wanted son. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of history and friendship there that, you, mm-hmm. you know. And he's just used to Tamlin being Tamlin, so he doesn't see it the way mm-hmm. that Farrah sees it with, you know, brand new eyes. It's it's almost like I got a Harry Potter reference. Snape. Okay. People love Snape by the end, even though he does these horrible things because he did a couple of really great things. Mm-hmm. And with Lucian, like he went along with this horrible thing and he mm-hmm. was part of this side that he shouldn't have been a part of. Mm-hmm. But like he ended up going with the right side, but does that still yeah. make what he did okay? But what was his motives? One. Mm-hmm. And two, I will say, like, it's hard. Like, if you've had a childhood friend or something, not with y'all, but, like, my mom has a childhood friend who is literally the worst. Mm -hmm. Gets on my nerves constantly. And mom does not see her as the worst Mm -hmm. because they grew up together. She's so used to it that it doesn't Mm -hmm. matter. You know, and that's kind of, like, how I see Lucian and Tamlin. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, Tamlin is the worst, but... (laughs) Lucian is having a hard time seeing that because of their history. And also, there's like every time Tamlin does something, and even if Lucian was like, oh my gosh, he's doing it again, or oh my gosh, he shouldn't have done that. I mean, there's the fear of telling him, but there's also like, what's it going to do? He's not going to change. Yeah. I've known this guy for hundreds of years. Like, Mm -hmm. nothing's going to change. Like, and we'll get over it. Like, we've gotten over everything. There's also whenever he said you left us mm-hmm. and he really emphasized that. I was like, my little heart. Yeah, because him too. like he was, you know, kind of like finding some sort of camaraderie, friendship ish thing with Feyre. They weren't close or anything. Well, I think they bonded under the mountain because he was so heavily involved in her trials. Yeah. So like she left him and she also like in their friendship. But she also left him to deal with the aftermath and to mm-hmm. deal with Tamlin and, yeah. you know, Tamlin's emotional state as his friend, but also how horrible mm-hmm. Tamlin was being, too. Yeah. There's so much to Lucian within this book that I just found really interesting. Mm-hmm. Bayer told Lucian that he fit in the Supreme Court as well as she did. Lucian asked sarcastically in what way he would fit in the night court. Bayer considered this. She was high lady and, and could make a job for him. Mainly so, Elaine would never have to go to the Supreme Court, but she didn't doubt that Lucian could fit in within her circle. A small part of her liked the idea of taking one more thing from Tamlin. She only said, We leave at dawn, in reply. The next day, they arrived at the Winter Court. Their powers still hadn't returned, and Feyre was still unable to contact Reese. They were literally walking on ice when they saw a fire blast. Eris appeared, melting away the ice bridge they stood on. The way I originally pictured this was like a giant lake that's how i pictured it <laughs> me too via like all these movies and stuff that i've seen but then like rereading it i was like i don't know if it's that big <laughs> is it me chapter 13 lucian told Feyre to run the two ran for their lives as eris continued to melt the icy lake Feyre realized that she had enough of her powers back to now make ice she started refreezing the ground in front of her or in front of them as she ran. Kind of like Frozone from The Incredibles. Y'all remember? As Dash ran. <laughs> Eris winnowed right in front of them with another brother. None of the other brothers have names, I guess. The other brother was armed with a bow and arrow. Feyre glimpsed it just in time to miss the arrow to a, 
to her head, but it clipped her cheek and ear. The next shot went straight through her arm. She quickly broke the arrow off and tried to repair her arm. Eris came closer, but Feyre broke out her glowing powers, blinding him. Then Feyre ran like hell while Lucian fought the other two brothers. Eris winnowed in front of her, backhanding her and then punching her in the gut. He threatened Feyre before pulling her up by the hair and dragging her back to the lake. Then Cassian swooped in like a friggin' superhero. Feyre let out a slight sob, seeing proof that he was fully healed and also gracious to just be seeing yeah, him. She was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> he's okay and he's here. <laughs> Didn't know how I was going to get myself out of this one. There was a crash behind them. Feyre looked to find Asriel. Cassian said, I suggest you drop my high lady. No, he just says my lady. I suggest, okay. I suggest you drop my lady. I love this line. It's so great. It is. Because he like does it, and I'm like, I suggest you drop my lady. I take, I never take him seriously. Yeah. Eris refused. Vera kicked Eris in the crotch. I'm noticing a pattern here. <laughs> I mean, it's a great line of defense. Mm-hmm. Cassian started to spar with Eris as Azriel helped Lucian fight off the other brothers. Vera started thinking about how they needed Baron on their side of the war. She told them to stop and announced her title as High Lady of the Night Court. Eris insisted. There's no such thing as a high lady. Feyre told him simply, there is now. <laughs> she turned to Cassian and Asriel, begging them to take her and Lucian home. As they flew off, Cassian said he didn't know who was more uncomfortable during this flight, Asriel or Lucian. I think that that's hilarious. Because <laughs> like we, we talked about in our other episode, how they have to like hug each other. Yeah. Like hang on tight, spider monkey. Yeah. Like... <laughs> I'm just picturing it's way more intimate than they really want to be with each other. And it kind of becomes like, who's going to take Lucian? Oh, man, I'm the only one left. (laughs) They both laughed, saying how much they missed each other. There's that camaraderie. The four of them met up with Moore at the border. After reuniting with her, Vera asked where Reese was. Moore explained that he was far away, but racing home now. He had felt the bond a couple minutes ago, but Kaz as and more <laughs> were closer. Moore apologizes for her absence during the fight scene, but Vera understood why c- she couldn't show. Moore said, let's go home. Vera asked, which home? I and Lucian. Moore told her the townhouse and then turned to Lucian. She said, you have someone waiting there for you. We talked about this earlier, the but, someone waiting for you. She's anticipating he, you. But it's not who he expects because she's not there. She's it. So who? It's literally Amran. <laughs> Why would she say that? I didn't think about it until just now. Wait a minute. Shh. Elaine's at the house of wind. It's Amran. <laughs> Why? I don't know. It's because Amran's scary. That's the ship. <laughs> Lucian and Amran. No, it's literally because Amran is scary and they need somebody to threaten him and make him. Anyway, we're going to get to it. Chapter 14. (laughs) Moore winnowed them all to the townhouse. Everyone anticipated how Lucian would react to Valerius. There realized she would have to be the one to decide if he would be a guest or a prisoner. Lucian's one comment was, there are children laughing in the streets. Like, he's shocked by this because guess what they're not doing at the spring court? Mm -hmm. And I have a note about that. Well, I just say quick note about the comparison of oh, the night court, oh. aka Valeris, and the spring court. Lucian notices this. Yeah. And it's kind of like, okay, you know, we've all been through some, but like, they seem well adjusted in these parts. 
we are suffering. Tamlin, <laughs> you're doing it wrong. Yeah. And we talked about that during Akamath whenever Feyre realizes mm-hmm. the contrast between the two courts. Amran pops up out of nowhere and says it's, it's good that they are doing so after Hybern's attack. Feyre introduces Lucian to Amran. Lucian is shitting his pants. He's yeah. so terrified of Amran. And she's just like, hey, boy, where'd you get that mechanical eye from? It's well crafted. <laughs> is, is this where his name is mentioned? Yeah, she introduces. Well, I, I skipped over it because it's not necessary. But uh, but it's funny. The last chapter, Cassian tells Farrah Lucian's <laughs> uh, last name. Which name. we've never heard until. We've never heard. I don't know any of their last names except for Farrah's family. That's kind of the joke with like Reese. Uh-huh. And um. Farrah's like, she says, Amaran, this is Lucian Van Sarah. And he like stiffens and he gets like, scared. I don't use my family's family name. <laughs> Just call me Lucian, please. <laughs> I don't blame you. No. I don't either. But like, it's so funny because Cassian set her up to fail on that one. Um, <laughs> they're all like the whole inner circle just loves messy. Yeah, they like, do. But anyway, he's like being extra polite to Amaran uh-huh. and like. It's just so funny. Lucian asked what this place is. Farrah tells him they were in Valeris, the city of Starlight, and her home. Lucian stated that she was the High Lady of the Night Court. Once again, Lucian never asks questions. He just says things like you're supposed to answer to it, yes or no? Mm-hmm. A voice behind them agreed. Farrah turned, crumbling at the side of Reese. He met her on the ground, knee to knee. He insisted everyone else leave at once. Then he winnowed Farah into their room. Reese lowered her down on the carpet, where they both held e- onto each other. I think it's funny because she's immediately like, he's going to throw me on the bed. And he's like, we're going to no. make sweet, sweet love. And he's like, no, let's chat on the carpet real quick. All right. Farah asked if he would like to hear what happened at the spring court. He said there, he had a few other ideas in mind first. But he knew that she needed more time. So he explained that when the bond first went dark, he was terrified to think she might have died. When he had reached the spring court, Farrah was gone and Tamlin was having another one of his tantrums and looking for Farrah. Reese told her that she had hidden her scent. So neither Tamlin nor Reese could find her. Farrah explained the royals and the poisoned apple. Reese asked, did you kill him? And when she nodded, he only said, good pats her on the head then farah asked if highburn had sacked the spring court and this is recent not yet whatever you did it worked tamlin sentries abandoned him over half his people refused to appear for the tithe two days ago some are leaving for other courts some are murmuring of rebellion it seems you made yourself quite beloved holy even amusement at last warmed his features they were rather upset when they believed he'd allow Highburn to terrorize you into fleeing. Farrah told him that they'll learn she's well taken care of. Then she asked about Jurian and Ianthe. Reese told her Jurian went back to Highburn and Ianthe was hiding in her temple. Farrah hoped Ianthe's sanctimonious bullshit made her little acolyte smother her in her sleep. Mm-hmm. Reese straightened and pulled away from her. He assessed her arm where the arrow had shot through. Reese explained that Cassian let him into his mind just now to see what had happened on the ice with Eris and the brothers. Reese said that Lucian might soon be closer to the Autumn Court throne. Bear told Reese that Eris was just as horrible as described. Reese then stated that she declared herself as High Lady. Bear asked if she wasn't supposed to. 
He said he had been wanting to scream it from the rooftops since it happened and leave it to her to upend his grand plans. Fair told him, it happened less than an hour ago. I'm sure you could crow from chimney right from the chimney right now and everyone will give you credit for breaking the news first <laughs> reese lifted her face up to his and said there's my darling farah <laughs> just reese was just about to kiss her when farah asked where her sisters were <laughs> you're gonna ask now oh okay <laughs> it's just it's great because then reese told her they were at the house of wind he begrudgingly offered to take her to them she asked if they were safe and he said yes then she asked about cassian and azrael's he- healing to which he replied that yes they were doing much much better which she should have known but i know, you know i was confused by that i was like okay <laughs> she questioned where reese had been during the rescue mission he reluctantly told her that he was spying too he adventured to the human queen's palace okay <laughs> I got a big problem with this as far as Reese's character. Like, I would get it earlier on while she was being, uh, you know, like, while she was being a spy, him going Mm -hmm. and doing stuff. But the fact of the matter is, he knows that she's off the grid. Mm -hmm. He has no idea where she's at. He can't find her. Tamlin can't find her. Her scent's gone. And he leaves to go to the continent for the five days that she's gone? Yeah. I, just, I don't know, because part of me is like, oh, he had to, like, preoccupy his mind. But Reese isn't really someone who just, like, seeks out distraction like that, especially when it comes to Feyre, I feel. Yeah, like, it It just doesn't... It, I have a hard time believing it for his character. It's just plot convenience. <laughs> it definitely is. I don't know why Cassian had to be the one to save her that bad. Like, it makes no sense for his character. Um, I just... Yeah, I have so much trouble with that. And then I guess like for the reunion scene, Reese had to be somewhere yeah. in order for them to have that reunion. The reunion scene definitely was plotted out first, mm-hmm. but it should have been done a bit better. Okay. In, in terms of in terms of like him being not with her, like mm-hmm. there should have been like something physically keeping him mm-hmm. from going and getting her. Just saying. Farrah asked him why risk it? And he said that it is too quiet on their side. There were no whispers of armies or anything, and this concerned him. Reese went on to explain, I just neared the edge of their territory when I felt the bond awaken again. I knew the others were closer, so I sent them. Farrah insisted Reese didn't have to explain himself. I think he does. <laughs> this thing was, it was interesting, like if I'm remembering it correctly, because at first she's kind of mad that he's like putting himself in such danger. Uh-huh. By like you know, going and, like, seeking out the enemy. Yeah. But then she's just so accepting, just like, okay. Okay. Whatever you say. Which, he's that way with her, so I don't know why I'm surprised. Yeah. It just, him going just makes no sense to me. Reese told Farah how much he missed her and he loved her. Farah started crying and he licked her tears (sighs) away again. Reese tells Farah she has two options. Either he licked her clean or she took a bath. Farah asked if he smelled, if she smelled. Reese said never. But she did have blood on her that was both from her killing people and her own. So he he wanted to offer her the option of getting clean before he ravished her wholly. And then nothing really of note happens. Uh, Reese just watches her take a bath and then they do the nasty. Um, they decide they're going to get a two-person bathtub yeah tomorrow is what reese says they got plans for that time for that yeah no it's funny because he like snaps and she's immediately clean and she's like then why do i have to get naked and he's like for show it's still you know you're still dirty right and then she 
makes sexy doings of getting herself clean in the bathtub and yeah. you just can't take it anymore. Yeah, it's all a part of the game. Like yeah. he's like refusing to to touch her, like just watch her take a bath. Yeah. And he's like it's noted that she's that he's like holding on to the door frame and mm-hmm. you hear it groan at one point because mm-hmm. he's holding on so hard. Just sex scenes. Um <laughs> Just casual. Just casual sex scenes. Nothing too out of the norm for this. These are definitely way more smuttier, way more smuttier than any of the other books we've read. But that being said, people defining this as fairy porn, I still just... It's not that I'm bad. like, surely there is worse out there. It's not that I bad. don't venture that much into fantasy, so... I mean, fan fiction. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, like, if you read Sarah J. Mass's fan fiction of these books, it's... <laughs> AKA the novella and others. Definitely gets way raunchier. Uh huh. Uh huh. But it's still not. It's not that bad mm-hmm. in Silver Flames. I mean, it's bad, but it's not that bad. The verbiage used is. But also, <laughs> it's not near as bad as Frost and Starlight. <gasps> Cannot wait to get to that episode of this podcast. It's going to be man. hilarious because me and Reba will not have read it. Nope. It'll just be you. And y'all just get to react to whatever I say. Yep. I'm going to make a game. That's like for Frost and Starlight, this like two truths and a lie. Mm-hmm. And I want to see which, <laughs> <laughs> which one I believe. I'm like, no, they didn't. They didn't. <laughs> I already know like one thing at least. Yeah, I keep pointing them out. I'm going to stop and hopefully you forget a few of them. <laughs> I definitely will. The odds are in your favor. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess that wraps it up today. We're going to meet up with Nesta and Elaine, kind of, yeah. in the next part and, you know, have some more discussions about this impending war. Mm-hmm. It's no longer impending. There's but, that. And, I, you know, if you're very interested in what happens, you know, as they plan for the war, sorry, I'm not. <laughs> this is not the right place to this be. This is not right, the, the right place to be because they're, like, talking about, like, making plans and I'm like, Skip, skip, cliff note, skip. You're like how I read it. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, like, not a lot's going on. They're just mm-hmm. going back and forth asking questions on, yeah. okay, what do you think about this person helping out? And they're like, oh, you know, sure. <laughs> like, they're like, we'll have to arrange a meeting and <laughs> pencil that in. Pencil it in. And I'm just like, dear God, like, stop. Yeah, there's a lot of planning. Like all these books, it just kind of picks up at one point. Yeah. But. We gotta ease into it. Yeah, and I mean, there. it's just building. Like mm-hmm. the first episode was a lot because a lot happened. But from here on until it, you know, till we get to that part, it's gonna be a little slow of a process. You know, we get used to the the new ish characters um, of Nest and Elaine because they're not the same. Mm-hmm. Well, some of us are, some of us aren't, and we'll see which one's which. Yeah. So thank you so much for listening. Remember to follow us on Instagram at Let's Call Nothing Pod, and we will see you next time. Bye. What are you referring to? What did I say? You want to fight? Turn on the recording. Square up. It is turned on. Okay. It's been recording us this entire time. Well, I should have had my mic to my mouth then.